0: You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. Hey everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Uncensored Direct Marketing. Today I'm going to be talking to you a little bit about merchant account fees and payment processing fees and just in general how you can save some money. I would like to do more of these episodes so please let me know your feedback below or drop me a line by email at info at Essentially what I will be doing is doing 10 to 15 minute snippets educating you on how to save money and to learn more about your merchant account. Specifically on today's video I may be talking about different pricing methods, how you might be presented pricing when you're working with your merchant account provider. I will be talking to you about which one is best and ways to save your precious dollars so you can obviously use it for marketing and other purposes. Uh, So without further ado, let me explain a little bit more about what type of rates exist out there or the typical ones that you'll hear about. So the first one is a flat rate. So it's just one rate for a transaction. For example, Stripe, PayPal, um, Square, they offer this type of pricing and they essentially charge a flat fee and a transaction fee per transaction. Then we have something called three-tier pricing. So a lot of merchant account providers, um, about you know a couple of years back and earlier, they used to have three major categories that a transaction can fall in. And then they would rate each category or put each transaction within one of those buckets. And that's what type of pricing you would get, either you know, 179, 279, 379, for example, percent for each transaction, depending on the card type. Um, and just recently or more recent uh, trend has emerged and it seems to be you know talked about a little bit more and seems to be a little bit more transparent for more merchants. Um, that's interchange plus, or you might hear it as cost plus. So that's the actual cost from Visa or MasterCard or whichever card association that we're talking about, plus a percentage fee that goes to the processor and everybody else that's involved in terms of the uh, processing of the transactions. So let me explain a little bit more, what is interchange? So I'm gonna read the definition very simply so everybody can understand and then I'll go into it a little bit further just for the purposes of you understanding what that means and how it impacts your business. So interchange, sometimes referred to as the interchange rate is the amount that the card processors are required to pay card issuers, financial, financial institutions for each credit card transaction. An interchange rate is set by the credit card brand, say Visa or MasterCard, outside of the control of card processors. These rates are set as a percentage of every transaction and can differ based on how a credit card is used for the transaction. This is to say that a corporate credit card that makes a chip and pin transaction may have a different interchange rate than a recurring payment made by a consumer credit card. So, I mean, what essentially all that stuff means is that each card and each card type and then depending on um, the type of product that you buy will have a different price. There's tons of interchange categories. Uh, It can get confusing. So there's really no need to kind of get into the nitty gritty. You just have to know, for example, debit cards are cheaper to process than business cards or foreign cards. So that's the important thing. The more debit or the more consumer level cards that you get, the better it is for you in terms of cost, especially if you're working with an interchange plus pricing. Um, So how does it work? Essentially, your merchant account provider passes through the network costs. So whatever the cost of the interchange is, as I said, depending on the card type, depending on what kind of business you are, there will be a different fee, percentage fee for each transaction that Visa or MasterCard charge. Then a processor adds a specific markup. So uh, for example, a percentage uh, 1% or half a percent or whatever the case is. And then there's other uh, admin fees. They call them pass through fees um, and association fees. So, those are just fees that Visa and MasterCard charge, and they're just passed through to the merchant. Uh, Interchange has hundreds of categories. So, you know, you will see if you do have this type of pricing on your statement, you know, 20 or 30 or maybe 40 or even more, depending how big your business is, of um, line items explaining the charge for each. Now for three tier, how does it work? So interchange categories are grouped into three main categories. What you'll often hear is qualified, mid-qualified and non-qualified. So essentially, like I was saying earlier with the interchange prices, different cards can have different prices. For example, a debit card is cheaper to process than a business card or a foreign card or a high rewards card. So what essentially some processors do is they put the different cards in different buckets. So a qualified transaction is likely gonna be a debit card or just a regular consumer card. Then a mid-qualified might be a high rewards points card like a 2% cash back or something like that. And then a non-qualified card will likely be um a business card or a foreign card. So those are you know the three main tiers. And essentially when a transaction comes in, your processor decides in which tier that goes into and you get charged that price. So it's it's a little bit um easier on the reconciliation point, but uh at you know between interchange plus and this, a lot of merchants do feel that interchange um usually is more beneficial. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um in terms of the uh, the last wave is flat rate. So this is an industry standard. It's been popularized by Stripe, PayPal, Square. The one thing that Stripe um, and PayPal and Square don't really mention, it's not really discussed, even though you know they do mention that their pricing is transparent and you know everything's above board, there is a little Kind of sub note that you should keep in mind is that non-qualified rates are charged very often by these platforms. So, if, for example, you have a foreign card or you have a business card um, or you know a card that would be qualified by a processor as a non-qualified card, um, Stripe or PayPal or Square usually charge between 0.6 and 1%. So, for example, Stripe charges 2.9% flat. Uh, plus 30 cents per transaction, if it's a, deemed a non-qualified card because it's a foreign card or whatever the case is, they charge an extra 0.6%. So that actually brings up your cost to 3.5%. So this is really important. Uh, I hear a lot of freelancers and people who are you know, consulting and so forth using Stripe and they may have business that's not in the U.S. or not local, well, guess what? You're getting charged 3.5%, not 2.9. That, that could be a big difference, especially if you're doing foreign currencies and so forth. So which one is best? Um, I'm not gonna flat out say that Interchange Plus is best. It is the preferred one because it is a little bit more transparent, meaning you're getting charged cost plus a percentage, so you know exactly what your processor is charging you. Um, so in terms of transparency, I feel like that's the most transparent, but which one is best is really depends on your business. There's not really a one size fits all. Um, typically what I, you know, tell merchants is, get, you know, accept a, a pricing that makes sense to you based on your business, based on how much volume you have and so forth. And then one or two statements later, just take a look at the statements, see what you're being billed. You're going to see what kind of categories your cards are being put into and so forth. And then you can decide, for example, if you're in a three tier pricing model, well, you might wanna call your processor and say, you know, I'd like to be switched to an interchange plus model because I feel like I'm getting a lot of business cards and a lot of my transactions are always going to the highest tier and so forth. Um, So that could be a very interesting thing to do. And keep in mind, once you get a merchant account with somebody doesn't mean that you can't ever change pricing or you can't ever change the terms. You know, these are things that you can negotiate, you can go back to them and speak to them about it. Keep in mind, obviously, when you're negotiating, if you're in a high chargeback Uh, scenario, then you you don't necessarily want to be um, trying to negotiate your merchant account rates when things are not very going well on a fraud perspective. So this is obviously if things are going well and, you know, your, 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 your chargebacks are in check and everything's kind of rolling well with your merchant account provider, then, you know, take a look at a couple of your statements and see if there's any savings or anything that you can change. So um, I will kind of lean towards saying interchange pluses is, uh is my favorite um as a processor and also as a merchant it just it makes it very clear for everybody to understand what they're paying um and obviously for the merchants to understand that we have no control as processors as to what the interchange cost is it is what it is so you know you're paying your base rate plus a percentage. Debit cards, for example, are very cheap to process. So if you have a very consumer-oriented business where it's very B2C, you don't get very many foreign cards or business cards and so forth, Interchange Plus is probably going to be your best bet because you'll always be paying a very low rate as cost for the debit card, and then you're going to be paying that percentage over. Um, So a few ways to save, uh, things that you can do to save some money on your merchant statements is a couple of easy ones is your monthly fees. So take a look at your statement, first of all, see what you're being charged for, statement fees, PCI non-compliance, software fees, gateway fees, all that stuff, they should be no more than 20 to $30. Uh, there's really no reason for your processors to be charging you a lot of money in monthly fees. The only exception there is the PCI non-compliance. So if you're not compliant for PCI, which is a data security uh, protocol, then you might get charged 20 to $50 for that you could solve that very easily by doing a quick scan or calling your processor and asking them how you can be PCI compliant. You only have to do this once and it'll save you, you know, between 20 and 50 bucks a month. So it would be worth it if you see a PCI non-compliance fee on your statement to become PCI compliant because it's actually pretty easy and fast. Um, But then statement fees and software fees and customer service fees and all that, these are all things that you can negotiate down quite easily. Um, In terms of chargeback fees, Keep in mind that there, if you do have one of those companies where they dispute chargebacks for you, uh, you get charged a chargeback fee for the chargeback coming in. Then you get charged a fee from this external third-party company to dispute the chargeback. And then some processors charge a chargeback reversal fee. So the chargeback reversal fee is not... It's not a fee that's actually really valid, meaning, if once you get the chargeback fee, there shouldn't be another one to dispute it. So keep in mind not to have any chargeback reversal fees there. Uh, And also, Keep in mind the cost to all of these things because you may not want to fight back every single chargeback if the cost is really high. For example, if you have a $10 product, your chargeback fee is $25 and it costs $6 for somebody to dispute that for you and then another $10 or $20 or whatever as a reversal, then that definitely isn't worth it for you. So Do a quick analysis to see what you're being charged for chargebacks. Um, And also sometimes there's a separate refund fee, there shouldn't be. So you should double check that your refund fee should only technically be a transaction fee because it it doesn't, uh, it shouldn't be an extra fee over that. Um, Your transaction fees, like for example, Stripe charges 2.9% plus 30 cents. It sounds like nothing, 30 cents, but let's say you're selling a $10 product that comes out to quite a bit of money uh, percentage wise, right? So, or if you're, you have a small ticket offer of like $5 and, you know, 30 cents right off the bat is taken off there. So keep in mind, um, you know, that, that 30 cents can be driven down considerably uh, to 10 cents, 15 cents and so forth. So uh, negotiate as well, like I mentioned, with caution, if you're in a high risk business, and you have a lot of chargebacks, and you know, it's, things aren't going well on a risk perspective, it's not the time to call your processor and be like, hey, I want a, a lower price, you have to keep in mind that the lower you drive your cost down, the less tolerance they will have for your risk level. So what I mean by that, if you drive costs really, really down their their profit margin is very low on your account if you have a problem with your chargebacks or things don't go very well well they might not be willing to to support your business anymore because they may feel the bank may feel well it's not worth uh you know the the juice isn't worth the squeeze. so they say uh they might feel they're not making enough money for the amount of risk that you're bringing in liability you're bringing to them um, another quick way to save. So most processors offer ACH accounts. You can just call your processor up and ask them, "Hey, can you add me ACH?" Or you can get a separate vendor for ACH. ACH is really cheap. It costs nothing. Uh, just a couple, a couple of cents on the transaction level, and then you know for returns and so forth. Um, and ACH has come come a lot of ways uh in the last couple of years. There's ser- services like plaid and Yodly, which essentially verify if you know the, the cards have fun, do same-day settlements, and really almost make ACH similar to credit card as a product. Obviously, you know, this is a bank account and so forth, but it doesn't work like it used to where you had to wait seven days to see if the person had money, you get a lot of returns and so forth. So add ACH to your cart. If people want to use it, you should encourage it because it's a lot cheaper than processing for credit cards. So that's a very quick way to save and a very quick thing you can add by calling your processor. Uh, If you do have multiple merchant accounts um, and you're, you know, you're just trying to save and optimize for interchange costs. If you have different MCC codes, it doesn't happen very often, but sometimes when you get, let's say, three different merchant accounts, each processor or underwriter at the processor can decide that your business is a different type of category. For example, uh, somebody might decide that you're a 5968, which is a direct response merchant. And then another bank might decide, well, since you're selling ebooks and books, they might say you're, you're a bookstore. Um, they're both you know, they're both valid because one, you know, you are in direct response, but you are also selling eBooks, for example. Um, if that's the case, that's great because you can optimize, you know, your account for interchange, meaning depending on the card type, you might wanna send to one versus the other and then, you know, benefit from savings there. I won't get super into that. That's one thing that is is a, is a pretty niche topic, but if you are in the scenario where you have a couple of different merchant accounts, Uh, Drop me a line and I I would love to to geek out with you on that and explain to you the different ways that you can optimize for interchange. There's different softwares that you can use that will recognize, hey, this is a debit card, we should send it to this bank. Oh, this is a commercial card, let's send it there and so forth. Um, And just last but not least, a lot of high-risk merchants and merchants in direct response specifically have something called a reserve when they open a merchant account. So it could be five to 10% of your money held for six months. Uh, And a couple of things about the reserve is first of all, you should try to get it limited to something. So let's say a six month, uh, a 10% up to a hundred K maximum held or, um, you know, 20 or you can have them, for example, hold for three months and then not repay back, but just hold that amount. Uh, There's different ways of negotiating reserves. Obviously, obviously if you're starting out with your bank, you just maybe want to accept what they give you if depending on your, your situation, your negotiation power. But after a couple of months, I would say after six to 12 months, you want to do a reserve audit. You want to check how much reserves they're holding and what you can do to get some of that money back. So I would say do an audit, know how much reserves are being held, ask for some of that money back and then try to cap your reserves. So tell the bank, Hey, you can hold up to hundred K and that's it. Um, and a lot of people neglect the money that's being held in reserves and it can be, you know, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending how big your business is. And it's, Free cash flow, like cash flow that you just put away somewhere and didn't realize was there, and then you get it back, and it, it really has no cost associated to it. So definitely do a reserve audit every, you know, I would say at least every six months to know what your reserves are, who's holding what, and then ask for some of it back. The good, the the rule of thumb here for reserves is that typically banks like to be holding half the month of volume. So for example, if you're approved to 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 process a hundred thousand dollars per month. The bank would like to your processor would like to be holding fifty thousand dollars, so they have enough to cover half of your months in volume. Sometimes, if you're really high risk, they want to be holding one month. And then, as your performance, as they get used to your performance, if you know your chargebacks are in check, it might go down to ten percent. So they might, you might be able to drive them down to ten thousand of, of holdings. So keep that in mind um, and do that reserve audit as soon as you, uh, you know, as soon as you can, every couple of months, and keep keep that notes of that. Um, so essentially those are the main ways to save. That's the important thing to keep in mind. Um, you know, you're never going to get a free merchant account or, uh, rock bottom prices or zero, unless you really have, you know, a card present business where people are, you know, putting their chip and pin in there. Uh, you have to keep in mind that there's always a level of risk with, card not present, which is an online environment. So you always pay a little bit more. And just last but not least, not all merchant accounts are created equal. So keep in mind that, you know, a small savings could mean terrible customer service. It could mean, you know, dealing people that you don't like or bad technology or late, um, late settlements. Like for example, you know, instead of getting daily settlements, oh, they forgot or something happened in their system and so forth. So Yes, pricing is important. It's 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 a very good thing to keep in mind that you have a competitive pricing, especially if your chargebacks are in check and you know you're in a I like to say the lower risk of the high risk business niches. But in general, At a certain point, you know, depending on what the difference is, you may want to go with another provider that's just going to be more reliable, give you better reporting, have better technology, better integrations, uh, is more reliable in terms of paying you and so forth, um, asks you less questions about your business and just lets you kind of roll with the punches and, and kind of grow your volume. So keep in mind, it's not a one size fits all. And just because somebody's giving you 10 basis points cheaper, it's not necessarily gonna work out for you best. So do your research. Uh, before you sign up with somebody, you know, ask them a lot of questions, see how they come back. A lot of salespeople don't really understand very much about the merchant account world. So what they do is they just try to compete on price, but then when it comes to service and and your questions, they really can't help you very much. So I do hope you find this information helpful. Uh, As usual, please drop me a line with some comments below, like subscribe and share the uncensored direct marketing podcast. I really appreciate it. You can also Head off to my website mariaasparagus.com, um, and you'll see my name in the show notes there. And you can go to my website and subscribe for for more information and just to ask any questions or um, see if we can help you out. Um, and the company company website is directpayment.com. So we work with high risk merchants and we help merchants in general, online merchants, understand their fees as and be as transparent as possible. So I thank you once again for listening and have yourself a wonderful day.